Welcome to the first UK football postgame show for the Man Cave Sports Podcast. I'm going to be joined with my stepdad, Tim, as we go over the UK football game against South Carolina, and we're going to go over the new top 25 poll for NCAA football. So stay tuned and join. Welcome them. It's the first post-game show for UK football on the Man Cave Sports Podcast. Initially, we were going to do this last night, but unfortunately, my mom and I had to walk back all the way back to our car to KS Bar from all the way from uh, what seemed like all the way from California, but it was actually just from the the football stadium until till the uh, it's back to KS Bar. So we we were just tired and. We didn't have enough time to really record it last night, but we're recording it right now. I'm with my stepdad, Tim. I'm just going to say, boo-hoo, you had to walk all the way back from that great game, and that's a good problem to have. And it was definitely it was a really good game. I had, I had some complaints about how they ran their offense in the second half, but other than, other than that, UK played a really good game, and we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of that in this post-game show. South Carolina, going into this game, I was not... I would, didn't really know much about this team. I just know that they had a fairly decent quarterback in Jake Bentley. And uh, on the season, he had, like, I think maybe seven passing yards... Uh, not passing yards, but passing touchdowns. And he had uh, close to a 1,000 yards. But against Kentucky, he looked like a... Not a good quarterback. He threw ended up. I think I think the best way to sum it up is we went into that game confident, not you know, not completely convinced, but we went in confident, and knowing that we're a good team, the defense is just incredible, Uh, the offense is solid. It's not great, but it's solid, and the defense is just that much overpowering. And I think it came through. And you mentioned something. Usually, UK is also always a first-half team. Like a couple, ten years ago, or thirty years ago. <laughs> yeah, whenever they play Alabama, well, they, when they played Alabama, I think they even had Randall Cobb still. But they were up with Alabama in the first half, mm-hmm. and in the second half, they just you know completely snapped, and. And, you know, that, that was a going trend ever since, even when Mark Stoops got there. And this year is really different because UK football, when they played Florida this year, they didn't let Florida back into that game. Even yeah. Florida was about to make it into a game, but UK's defense played all four quarters in that game. And that's what they've been doing all season, really. And I've never been – I said this last week on the podcast. I've never been so proud of a team – than UK football right now. Yeah. And my my brother, who's a huge UK fan, huge, I emailed him at halftime. He's on a cruise. I couldn't text him. And I, I emailed him, and he even answered back. At, he said, it's only halftime. Please don't email me about this stuff because he's known the history of UK, knowing that they are up, at halftime, but he's lived through many times where they've fallen through the cracks, they've given the ball up, made all kinds of turnovers, and let the other team get in, and in fact, um, overcome them. So, 
Yeah, it's, I it's just think hard this, to be a UK fan sometimes, but this year is usually, much I mean, different. You know, UK is always usually a basketball school, but this year they've really turned it around. They really have, and I'm so I think it's because the seniors, their leaders are the best players on the team, and I think that translate throughout the rest, the younger players, the freshmen, sophomores. And I think the the freshmen and sophomores, I think they really look up to them. And I think they're all they're all playing really cohesively as a unit. And I think you know, the leaders, they've been there for so long. They know the system. They know how to win games now. And the past two to three years, they've known how to win games. Um, they've won seven games, the each of the past two seasons. And that's. You know, a big jump considering when Mark Stoops his first couple of years they've only won two games and now they're five and zero, three and zero in the SEC, which has never been done since nineteen seventy seven. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're five and zero and they're tied with LSU, Alabama, and Georgia, with a chance of UK potentially when they play Georgia this year to be number one for the SEC East and playing in the SEC championship, I'd say this year is definitely I think. A, a lot for a UK fan to be proud of and to be happy about and to be excited about because I don't think UK is going to let up. I think they're going to continue no matter who they play, whether it's Alabama, whether it's Clemson, you know, whoever they play, they're always going to play with a lot of heart and they're never going to get to let the game get out of the way. And they're they all they're all some of them are hometown kids like Drake and Logan Stenberg and. And uh, I'm trying to think of his name, uh, Cash Daniel. Mm-hmm. He, they're all hometown kids, and they're all playing for the state of Kentucky. And no matter who, where anyone from this Kentucky team is from, whether they're from Ohio, whether they're from Indiana, they're all playing for one team, and that's for Kentucky. And they're all playing for one state, which is Kentucky. And I think the main thing that we can sum this up in one word, and that is defense. The main difference between this team and past teams is defense. I mean, even in this last game where the, South Carolina looked off kilter the entire game, three interceptions, turnovers, sacks, everything. And this is, I think, the main difference between this year's Kentucky team and past Kentucky teams. That defense is overwhelmingly awesome. And if you add a little bit of offense into that situation, you got a special team, especially for Kentucky. 100%. And like I said, this defense, I have against Mississippi State a couple weekends ago, mm-hmm. I have never seen a Kentucky defense that was that suffocating, even in basketball. That, that defense that night was just, oh, I can sum it up in one word, was suffocating. Because – Mississippi State's quarterback, Nick Fitzgerald, who's known to be a rusher, who, you know, he's not a very accurate passer, but he's a very mobile quarterback. UK shut him down. Yes. Yes. And it's and just, wow. I teams mean, cannot rush against Kentucky this year. No. You look at, again, a Mississippi State team that averaged over 300 yards rushing on this season prior to playing Kentucky. And Kentucky limited to only 56 yards. Yes. And that's and, and the that's top, just and the top rushing yards this week was forty four, with an average of three point four yards a carry, and uh, the long was a seventeen yard run, 
And so, I mean, you got a 17-yard run, 44 yards total. That means take the 17 off, and you basically have, you know, 27 yards yeah. of rushing. <laughs> yeah, out of 13, out of 12 rushes. So you got a two, you got a two-yard average, besides that 17-yard long rush. That's unbelievable. Two yards. I mean, that's that's devastating to a deep, to any type of offense. And then on top of that, you have the secondary having three interceptions. Um, you know, that that's just devastating. And, that's, and like that I said, wasn't this just, wasn't the greatest defensive game they've had. I think the Mississippi State That was, was definitely their best yeah, defensive but, game. But I mean, even then, State. this team, South Carolina did not have any type of uh, flow to them. You know, they look like they were going to get it, but it never happened. And that's all that's, because of this That's defense. the difference. I yeah. mean, this that's the difference in this defense this year. And the fact that in previous years, that game probably would have gone down to the wire to the mm-hmm. last minute. But UK, their defense stood tall in that game. And they did not let up in that game. And, I, you know, I'll, I'll say this a million times. I've never been this proud of a football team, especially UK. Yep. Never been this proud. And I think Mark Stoops has done an excellent job this year. And I think that, you know, you know, I said this, beating Florida and now especially beating Mississippi State. 5-0. and they're, that Their fact that they're 5-0 and got them 10-plus years on – a new contract oh, because yeah. yeah, I mean, I I don't see any. I, I think fans were kind of hesitant about Mark Stoops going to the season due to the fact that they've gotten to bowl games the past two seasons, but they haven't gotten a win yet. Yeah. and I think fans were kind of getting a little iffy about him. And you know, this year they've really he's really proved them wrong that you know he is their coach, and you know he's one hundred percent will be there for the long haul. Yeah, I mean, it's like beating U of L, the rivalry game. And he is one of only two coaches, or two or three coaches, to beat Louisville, to beat Tennessee, mm-hmm. and now Florida. Yes. Which. Big drought. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that thirty-one years. And going back to Florida again, I've I've told you this: winning that game is a big mental hurdle for this team, considering that there's been past years where they had. Multiple heartbreakers, mm-hmm. and that just—I think, think about that, if they lost that Florida game, how much different things would have. How been. would they have felt about themselves going into other Absolutely. games? Absolutely, especially the especially Mississippi. You know, yeah. It, it and just, last year, I—I re, I mean, I think after they lost the Florida and the way the way that they did, I think that affected them, and especially mentally for mm-hmm. how they played. I mean, they still got a bowl game, but I honestly, I mean, if they won that game last year, they would have, I think they would have had a a chip on their shoulder like they do now and say, yeah. hey, we beat Florida finally after 30-plus years. But also having that extra year of experience and mm-hmm. things like that certainly plays into it as well. And, you know, this year, the fact that, you know, they beat Florida, this that's a big mental hurdle for them. And I think... You know, going to the rest of the games against Texas A&M, against Vandy, against Georgia, against Tennessee, against Louisville. I think, you know, the biggest chip on their shoulder right now, and there's, you know, they don't feel that anyone can beat them, even the top teams in the nation right now. And, you know, I'll go back to what I said earlier. You know, no matter who they play, 
they're always going to play their toughest football. Yes. I, I agree, and I, I believe that a lot of I, – I try not to look – you know me. I try not to look ahead. To yeah, and that's, a, that's a big thing about this year is you, can, you can't look too much ahead. And, and you just have to take the fact that – your hopes up, you know, and you don't want to get too excited. And right. That's, that's the curse of being a and, Kentucky uh, They only need player. one more win to be bowl eligible, yes. whereas other years they've needed the past couple of games to win and get a bowl game. So the fact that they're already – just one game away. That's a relief, too. That's I a relief, so. too. Yeah. So, there's, I mean, it's pretty much a 100% chance that they're going to get a bowl game this year, which which if they don't, then that's the biggest downfall of a team I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah, let's just but let him go there. I, I, I try not to it's not, I don't get think too it's positive, happen, but, but I definitely don't want to get too negative because yeah. this defense I think is taking it, make the taking, I think taking the difference, Taking it one game at a time is, I mean, yes. Focus on Texas A&M, what they, you know, what Kentucky really needs to, you know, improve on, and what they need to focus on for Texas A&M, and going on to Vandy, and just taking it one game at a time. And they need to, you know, like you said, defense is going to be the key, and if they need, they definitely need to work out on some things on offense. I think that's a given. But I think their defense is fine. They're they're settled, and and their defense is going to be key this year. And I think you know, like with Mississippi the rest State. Of the um, you know, that was a good, solid win, a positive thing. I mean, there was very little that you yeah, can take away from that game. Yeah. With South Carolina, There's it's a character things. game. It's a character game. You know, in other words, where they're not firing on all cylinders. They got up early, and then they kind of cruised in that second half. And I think that this was a good character game, especially for the defense. The defense spent a lot of time on the field in the second half. They did. And that is going to be an issue when they play, you know, more powerhouse-type teams and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's what I liked about this game. It was a character-building game for the entire team, both offensive and defensive. We saw Snell in the second half get humbled a little bit because they were becoming a one-dimensional team. They were And South Carolina knew what – they knew it. Yeah, they knew. kill the kill the clock, and you know, I mean, Snell with a minus ten rush. I mean, come on, you know, that's we know not, that. Yeah, that's yeah. not going to happen under normal circumstances. But I, I definitely think this was a great character building game for them, and it's going to serve them well when they play a more powerhouse team who has some offensive clout to them. Yeah. I... I, I told you this. I think that I, the UK offense against South Carolina in the first half was the best I've seen their offense all season, other than Murray State, which you can't really say no. anything about Murray State because it's Murray State. But like I said, this the UK in that first half, that was the best I've seen their offense all season. And that's even against Florida, against, um, against Florida. I already said that, but Florida and Mississippi State, that's the best I've seen their offense. Yes. And, you know, in the second half, like you said, they did cruise a little bit. But that first half, Benny Snell played great as usual. He was running all over the offense, getting an extra two to three yards even after they get to him. And Terry Wilson, who's had a lot of struggles, not really running it this year, but passing the ball. He is not in the fact that he can't really pass, but that he makes poor decisions. Mm Mm-hmm. Because right now, 
He has five interceptions and only two touchdowns, which that's not very good. But he's not really a passing kind of quarterback, I no. would say. He's definitely a I think that you a know, definition of a dual threat. Yeah, your normal TD to interception ratio with him doesn't really apply because it's not the main part of his game. It's a he's more of a balance attack. You know, like for example, in the game, uh, Terry Wilson had 59 yards rushing. Uh, he was averaging 6.6 yards a carry. Mm-hmm. His long was 16 yards, mm-hmm. and then he went 13 of 20. That's, a, that's an yards. okay completion. I mean, the passing yards wasn't really. And that's with no offense in the second half. Yeah. So, you know. And, you know, like I said, this offense, I think, is the way they should be playing all the time. Because Terry Wilson was throwing it down the field and had really good passes. And they got other we- their other senior leaders into the game, their other senior weapons. C.J. Conrad, the tight end, who's on Mel Kuyper for the NFL, he's – one of their top tight ends. Mm-hmm. And he's more than likely going to go first or second round in the NFL draft. So they got him to the game. He only had he had three catches for 31 yards, which, you know, that's not a lot. But considering other in other previous games, they have not used him. No. Not, not that much other than blocking. And they got him into the game, and they got Dorian Baker into the game a little bit too, which is something I think going into the rest of the season they need to do. Because yes. – Opposing defenses know that UK is going to write off of Benny Snell Jr. as much as they can. I mean, defenses, they're going to know that. So I think if they get their other weapons into the the rest of the games, that's you know that's going to help them out a lot. Yes. And I think that... And, it, and that applies to the rushing, too. Yeah. There you are know, other... Um, A.J. Rose, AJ Rose yeah, had... Rose did uh, okay. I mean, he had 38 yards rushing... Uh, I think he had a long of 24 yards, and he scored a touchdown. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it d- certainly does help when you have someone come in and take the weight off of Snell and Wilson in the running game. And uh, there was a time where they did. I mean, you know, Snell had a monster first half. I wouldn't say monster. He had a really yeah, good, he, had a good he into the fourth half. quarter, he had 100 yards, and then – I'm kind of mad about that he didn't get it because every time... 99 yards. Yeah, 99 <laughs> yards, which, you know, he kept rushing and then he would lose two to one yards. He had that streak going, too. And, yeah. man, that's his... You know, I wish... I know what they were trying to do in the second half, which was definitely control the clock, run as much time off of the clock as you can. And I think that was more than likely probably Mark Stoops plan going into the going to the second half and I, to be fair I think part of that plan was because um, it changed I think it changed actually in the second half when Cash Daniels who got called for targeting which of course when you get ta- called for targeting in college football and NFL you get ejected and there was a bull crap the refs and that's another thing to talk about is that how ref, how the refs were Oh, it was terrible. How the refs were really bad in that game. And Cash Daniels got Cash Daniels got um, targeted mm-hmm. for that game. And I think that kind of changed Mark Stoops. I think, thinking about it now, I think he was thinking, well, Cash Daniels is a big part of our defense and we kind of need him. So I think for the rest of the game team, we need to – Let's say, 
you know, just control the clock. Yeah. And just don't worry about trying to score right now because and that brings up another point about uh, Kentucky's. If Kentucky has a Achilles' heel, it's the kicking game. And one hundred percent. And, and yep. this second half, that second half game, kicking having a good kicker would have made all the difference. It would have gave them a little extra padding. See, they would have gotten times where they were in within kicking range, and. It's like they have no confidence in their kicker at all, and and that is that's what concerns me about another. If a team. game goes tight down yes. down the minute, and and in the second half especially because it's so important. How many games over the years have been won by the kicking game, um, and it's going to be really important here. I mean, having a you know they did win by fourteen points, but I mean there were times where South Carolina did threat. And if this became a seven-point game, having a, a field goal. I tell you, and that when the, uh, when South Carolina was driving it and they got into their end zone, UK's defense they still t- they stood tall. Yeah. And they, I mean, South Carolina could have scored, but UK's defense they, you know, they got yeah. a they got a fumble and then they, they like I said they picked it off three times, which obviously helped. And they had two huge sacks. Uh, I mean, it was later on. Josh in the Allen game. had a big yeah. sack. And, um, you know, so th- there are some things that the defense can neutralize. But what if you got a team in there that, that is well-balanced and, and the So what happens, I mean, like, you know, when they play Georgia this year, yes. or if it's, let's just say it's, for hypothetical, is it's tied 21-21. UK, it's driving but two not, minutes left, yeah. but they're on the 40-yard line. Or 40, 41, 42, 43, and they get fourth down. Mm-hmm. And after their two minutes up, it's like, let's say, 50 seconds left. I'm not going to trust Miles Butler yet, to kick that field goal. Here's to win a the great game. example I think would be even, even more serious. It's third and seven, okay? They're on the 35 yard line. How do they determine, do I give it to Snell and have them get an extra two or three yards? To help the kicker. To help the kicker. Or Or do I have to go for the first down because I have no confidence in it? Which, if it was a decent kicker, you would say, just keep keep rushing the ball. And Benny Snell is more than likely always going to get you an extra one or yeah, two yards, yeah. even if it's a busted play. Oh, yeah. And, and, and then you kick it. you got a kicker that can come in and, and get you three points automatically versus driving the ball 35 yards against a tough defense. Last night, Miles um, Butler, there was a 43-yard a kick. That's mm-hmm. what it was. And if it's, the thing is, though, he's a senior. So a 43-yard kick shouldn't be that much difficult. You know, I, I don't that think shouldn't it should be that be difficult. Real high risk. I think yeah. a, a coach should be relatively confident mm-hmm. that there's a good chance he's going to hit that. And and I know for a fact, you can tell by the way they play, that they are not playing that way. That they have a reliable kicker. And this is something that you know, if I were to pick something on Kentucky, and Kentucky's not the perfect team, but they certainly have Achilles' heel. If it's a tight game. And they have to rely on that kicker. Wow, it's going to be tough, and uh, there's going to be some angry fans too. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's kind of kicking is not is not um, you know an easy thing to do. However, there's definitely 
like you said, he's a four-year player. He should be able to make... By the time they're a senior in college, a 43-yard field goal shouldn't be that you should have the utmost confidence that you're going to be able to nail that. Absolutely. Which, you know, UK's kicker from the previous four years, he was a Mm -hmm. locked-in kicker. He was was really good, and most of the time he would nail that, a 43-yard field goal. And... You know, I was I was going went to when UK was about to attempt that field goal. I went to the guy left me. I was like, "Yeah, he's not. I don't. He's not going to make that." Yeah. And yeah. what do we know? He missed it. Yep. He hooked. He hooked it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you know, as Jared Lorenzen said on KSR's pregame show yesterday, you can coach around it, which you can. You certainly can. But when it comes down to that, that <laughs> late game stretch. Yeah. You're gonna have to make a big call. Yeah. And it, it, I honestly I don't really trust Miles Butler to kick a field goal unless it's maybe uh thirty yards or less, to be honest with you. And and when your team's primarily a rushing attack, and Kentucky is. I mean yep. they do have capabilities in the air, but when they're primarily a rushing attack, asking them to go for it on third and seven is kind of a big deal. That's that's a big coach round. Mm-hmm. It really is. Snell's a wonderful running back, but if they know if they go into it that they know that they're shutting down the pass, they know that Kentucky's going to go to the run, and you can play your defense around that, and that puts you at a, a at a limit as far as your attack um, on a defensive team. You know, and and I think it's important that. You know those things need to be worked out. I don't. I don't know what what you can do. You know he's talking about coaching around, um, but you know I definitely think it's something that should be a concern for all Kentucky fans. You know I mean we're we're in uncharted territories anyways, but uh, I, I definitely think that's something that we should be concerned about in a close game. For sure, and um, so. Like I said, UK's offense in that first half, they were just, you know, you texted me this. They were pretty much a well-oiled mm-hmm. machine. Yeah. They got everyone to the game. All the running backs were doing good. Benny was doing really good. And AJ, AJ Rose got even got a touchdown, a really mm-hmm. good touchdown at that. And he got an extra 30 yards for him in that first half. And and that's what that that officiating was just crazy. That was It was awful. It's like they lost control of the game. And they decided Again, that, I, you know, I'm not saying that just because I'm a UK fan. Those yeah. refs, any any fan well, would have said that. There was some that jawing fan, and things like there that. There were some jawing in that game. And it's just like it got underneath a, a you know a, a rep. I mean, a, underneath an official skin, and they we seen this in basketball so many times where it just takes all the life out of the game. It you does. know, 15 yards there, 15 yards there, and sometimes, and I'm not taking away some of them. They were definitely fifteen yard penalties, mm-hmm. but yeah, there was there was one point in the second half when UK was there were um, they were in their end zone and there were a couple penalties and two penalties, not just one but two penalties in a row that drove UK all the way back to the midfield and they weren't even able to get a field goal attempt a field goal attempt out of it. It was crazy. It was crazy, and and. You know, and that, that's when I, I was, you know, texting you and uh, and I was like, you know, what's going on? Because, you know, just popping back and forth, back and forth. 
And, you know, they do have slow-mo replay on TV and things like that. But a lot of this stuff was just, I mean, they could have overlooked some of it, I think. Uh, you know, the targeting thing was suspect at best. That was I mean, terrible. Yeah, I mean, it they was kept, a shoulder block. It, it was. was. You know, and it, it wasn't. That's, that's just football. Yeah, that's not turned sideways. What are you supposed mm, to do, run in front of them and then hit them straight on? Right, I mean, and no, this, that's, that's, you know, that's, like I said, that's just football. Cash Daniels was just trying to get that block. Yeah. Because UK had just Ball intercepted it. It was live. Yeah. That and like that's just football. I mean Cash Daniels wasn't trying to hurt that player. He was just blocking him. That's that is one oh one football that you teach a kid right. when they're six, when they're playing little league football. If the ball is live, then every player on that team is you know, Vulnerable. you have to deal with them. And that's what he did. And the ball was live, as far as I'm concerned, it's the onus on the other team to be prepared too. In other words, don't let your guard down. If the ball's live, you just can't let you know stand up and some guy comes and whacks you right and mm. just knocks you on your knocks your block off. Well, that's kind of his fault because yeah. he gave up on the play, and you know so it, it it's really crazy the the he, rules and how they made it interpretational. Helmet to helmet's non-interpretational. It, it is what it if is. If it's helmet to helmet, then yeah, you yeah. have to do something about but, it. But I mean, but... coming in with your shoulder and making it was it it was a great hit. I mean, it was a devastating it was a hit. devastating hit. Yes, but it was there was nothing helmet to helmet. Nope. There wasn't anything that he was, was just, over the top. It was, he was just, just a, a great hit. He was just a linebacker playing football. Yeah, that's all he was doing. I mean. What are we gonna do? You know, I, I and this talk is, about this too. And this it's is in the a, pro game too. It's in the know? NFL too yeah. with the the roughing the passer calls. I mean, he Cash Daniels even posted it on his Instagram. He said hashtag Let football be football again. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's that's very true. And, well, and stiff arms. You yeah. know, in the NFL, stiff arms. If you stiff arm. Uh, if your stiff arm looks terrible, so you stiff arm some guy and you take him off his feet. That could be called as a penalty now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just crazy. And I'm like, stiff arms are, like I said, they're football one-on-one things. If we're going to take that stuff out of the sport, we're in trouble. And, I mean, that's kind of a conversation for another day. But to get back to Kentucky, I felt that that was, it, it, it was out of line. I really do. It was a great hit. He shouldn't feel bad about it. He should not apologize. No, and he should not. And he's going to have to live with it. He won't be able to play the first half of the next game, which is which it might hurt him. But yeah, you know, but he'll be able to. He'll be available, of course, for that second half. Yeah. And if UK is potentially down in that first half, then I think him getting him back in the game. I think that defensive will be key because Texas A&M's quarterback is a fairly decent. He's another mobile quarterback, and you know, so far, so important for that. And yeah. so far this season, UK has been able to contain mobile quarterbacks. You know, example is Nick Fitzgerald from Mississippi State. Yes. So that's for that Texas A&M game. That's going to be key. And going back to the game in second half, offense was you know not great, no points. Um, they were just like I said. They just I think Mark Stoops after Cash Daniels was ejected from the game, he was. Paulie just told his team, "Hey, we just need to let's, yeah. let's control this game and 
get this win in any way we can. Like we don't have to, our offense doesn't have to be great. This our defense just needs to shut them down, which they did. They only allowed one touchdown in the second half, and in I mean, the third quarter too. And it, it was in the third in the quarter. quarter. It was yeah. not in the fourth quarter. And in the third quarter, the uh, South Carolina scored a touchdown, and which you know UK's defender, um, I think I believe it was Beatty. Yeah, he jumped a little bit early. And, I mean, if he didn't jump, obviously, if he didn't jump early, that might have been a pick. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that he just it slipped right through his hands. And, and the thing is about that is even when they scored, it wasn't anything that was a flow to it. You know, it's not like they drove all the way down the field and just pushed I, it seven yards, ten yards. I believe yards. it was even a third down. Yeah. It was a third down play. So, I mean, even, even when they scored – there was still Kentucky's defense looked good. It's just one, and that's the thing about football. You make one mistake, it can burn you for a seven points, but that doesn't reflect on the overall, you know, the the overall production of the defense. You know, they they look great, and I tell you, I'm really proud of Kentucky's defense. Because they could have, after Cash Daniels got ejected, they could have very, very. Oh, they could have got ugly. They could have very easily given up. Yeah. But they didn't, and that's the probably the number one thing about this defense this year is that they played tough all four quarters. I gotta ask you a question. When that after that play and the crowd, oh, they it on were the big screen, pissed off. I can imagine. They were pissed <laughs> four off. Four letter words and everything. Yeah, they just. <laughs> They, ooh, the refs did not have a happy, probably, if if someone saw a ref after that game, he would have gotten his ass kicked. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, the crowd, I mean, I hey, was not happy. crowd. That uh, was, yeah, I'm, uh, go, amazing Big crowd. Blue Nation came to that game, I tell you what, and, I, you know. That we, made, like you said, that made the game we went, we went to last year look yeah. like a FCS match. Yeah. And it yeah. wasn't even an FCS match. So, I mean... And, and this was South Carolina. This wasn't, you know... It wasn't Georgia. Georgia. You know, and so, Big Blue Nation, you know... We're I have to be... I, we have, definitely have to be proud for the BBN because they are, they are really coming out for this games. And that's something that this football team really needs is support. For the, the stands to be packed every single game that they play, no matter who they play, no matter if it's the smallest of teams, no matter if it's an FCS team. They need those those stands packed. And, you know, this crowd is BBN. I know they, they really love this team. And I think they, like I said, we have, as a fan base, have a lot to be excited for for the rest of this season. I agree. I agree. Even though we need to take it one game at a time, you know, ten and two is definitely on the table. Yes, I, and it's definitely on the table winning double digit wins. And you know, if you told me that before the uh, South Carolina game, I would have been, you know, hey, be quiet. I don't want to hear that. Right. Let's let's see about this game, and then we'll talk after. But the ten and two game is definitely uh, the ten and two season is definitely on the table. I mean, you look at the rest of the. You look at the rest of their schedule. They play. They play. Of course, they play Texas A and M next week, and then they play, and then they have a bye week after bye that. Week, yes. After that's that. well deserved too. Right. And it, it gives um, UK time just to rest and take a week off. And, yeah. 
you know, just focus on the game after, and then they play Vandy, and then after Vandy, a tough Missouri is Missouri, which that's gonna be, that's gonna be a tough game at, at Missouri, Missouri cuz yeah. Missouri kind of they hung with Georgia a, a couple weeks ago, so Missouri's gonna be a little bit tough. That's kind of a coin flip, and after Missouri, I don't think it's a coin flip. I'm not to disagree with you, but I, I definitely think it's not something that they should go in feeling cocky about. Right. They should take it very seriously. This team is definitely capable of putting up numbers and competing with some really uh, a good ball team. You know, and you see, Missouri's home. Missouri's quarterback is probably I think he's the best quarterback that the SEC had. Actually, he's probably second best because yeah. of Alabama. So <laughs> I, for, I forgot about that. Alabama Tua Tua is playing out of his mind, and that's something on Tuesday that Gavin and I will be talking about. But Drew Locke from Missouri is one of the top quarterbacks not only in the SEC but in the whole nation. He's a really – NFL scouts are looking at him, and he's really good. So that's – UK's defense, there's – that's the game where they they are really going to have to show up. Yes. And um, after Missouri, who do they have? Georgia. They play Georgia after Missouri. <laughs> so, Just Georgia. <laughs> I still, I, I told you this, I don't think that game is going to be a blowout. I don't think so either. I really think UK, if that crowd comes like they did yes. last night, that oh, is... Oh, it'll be there. That's It'll be there. Mm-hmm. Big Blue Nation will show up for that. And, I think so. And if we can get them loud enough, it's definitely... I mean, think about the game. You know, uh, there are audibles and things like that that will make it difficult for Georgia... If Big Blue Nation shows up, makes some noise, it does alter your game when you're Georgia. And I definitely the, think that the overall some- fan support for this year, again, has been overwhelming. And that's, again, that's something that this football team really needed was support because they've had multiple years where they were just a mediocre team. Yes. Only winning two games. And let me tell you, as a lifelong Kentucky fan, and, you know, the basketball teams, you know, we all know them well, the greatness and things like that. To mm-hmm. see it come on the other side with football. It's definitely we're talking a nice about shift. like 1950, like Bear Bryant, mm-hmm. good. You know, this team is really From top solid. to bottom, all of their seniors, even some of their freshmen are really good. Yes. And they're going to be and, and that's really be something to look hopefully, for. And, you know, and this is what all UK – Football fans, they know they know this true to the day that they die. If they could get a good stretch of seasons where they play solid football and they put up good numbers and have a decent record, seven and three, eight and two, even you know, well, I should say I'm, I'm in the ten games already, but you know what I mean. Seven wins, eight wins. I definitely think any and above is just bonus. But I definitely think it is something that we have to look forward to, that Kentucky football is here, hopefully to stay. And It's um, just all about, you know, see, the, the thing that pro- Alabama is never going to have a problem with is reloading because year in, year out, they're always going to have a top recruiting class. And I'm not saying UK does not have to be on that level no. to be good every single year. That's or, what your you coach know. is for. Right. And... <laughs> You look over the years, they're getting really better at recruiting, and especially in different states. And they definitely need to get more Kentucky guys because that's just going to make the fan base even more happy or, you know, 
love this team any, even more because they are from Kentucky. And, you know, and you kind of get in those mind games, too, where if you put Nick Saban as a head helm of Kentucky, would they play as well as they did this year versus, you know, you always think about that type of thing. Because right. it's easy to be a great coach when you're getting all the great players across from sea to shining sea. You're getting great players, and, you know, it's easy to win when you do that. And so that, that's what I think that is so great about Kentucky is because we don't have expectations like an Alabama fan would. Mm-hmm. And then when they, when they go 5-0, it's, it's like Christmas times 10. You know, it really is. And it's, it's a great gift for any Kentucky fan to have Kentucky football this late. And it's not late in the season, but 5-0. And looking very, very, very optimistic towards the future – you know, it's definitely a two-loss season, maybe a one-loss season, and then I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> yeah. but, and that's something. I mean, that's that's something that Gavin said last week on the podcast is that as a UK fan, all you really ask for is to have have those seven to eight win seasons mm-hmm. consistently, and then every once in a while have a season where from top to bottom, like this season, where they're just good all around yes. and winning those. 10, 11, even 11 games. And I think so, a Kentucky fan in football, not basketball, because basketball is a different beast. But right. in football, I think we're willing to wait two to four years to build up a good team. You know, basketball, it's got to be great every year. And, yeah. You know, but football, they've definitely had a double. The they've had, basketball has definitely had a couple seasons where they've just been kind of stinkers. Yeah. But. But, I mean, that's just the nature of the game, too. Mm-hmm. You know, if they don't come together, you got one and dones and all that, and we can talk about that all day. But I definitely think football – Thank God football doesn't more. have one and dones. Oh, boy, that would be terrible. That Which be I terrible. don't think – I mean – It would be good for the NFL. Yeah. But not, not – it would destroy college I mean, football. I guess – I mean, we were talking about the – we've talked about this all the time. And, UK, you know, football, NCAA football has a role where, you know, three years. Yeah. And then – you know, then you can go into the NFL, yeah. which, you know, basketball should definitely, I definitely adopt think that, that policy. I think that solves – well, I, I have a modification of that. They play – they either go straight out of high school. If they're that good, let them go to the NBA. Let them make millions of dollars, mm-hmm. okay? There's no four-year education in the world that's going to pay for that, right. to be able to make a million dollars a year plus. Mm-hmm. Or if they're that good, let them go straight out of high school. Or if they if they're not that good and they have to go play college ball, let them play three years. Get you know get some uh, experience under their belt. And you know there are some players who played two and three and four years who played in the NBA and they did great. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, there's no reason that uh, you know they can do that. But you know, I know this is a football podcast, but I just wanted to bring that up. You know, That's all right. I mean, basketball is right around the corner. Yeah. And, really is. You know, just and back to Kentucky football. And, I definitely and, think Big Blue Nation is going to be patient with their Kentucky team, especially and, football. Yeah, because I think if Mark Stoops can could consistently put up seasons like the, you know, like this one and putting up seven, eight win seasons, I think fans. And what's crazy? This is the this is the crazy thing about football, and, and you know any sport. You know, you got this team you're building, you're building, you're building, and you and you finally have that solid season, and you're like, oh my god, it's so great to have. Seats. And I think the fact, and then you think, 
oh lord, somebody's gonna come sweep in and steal him away from the school. And I, I, I really, I don't think he wants to leave Kentucky. Because I don't the fan, I think the after this year, the fan base they really love him. Yeah, I, I oh, love, no, I, I love. Him I don't think coach. if it has anything to do with love, there's no way he's leaving. Yeah, but you know, as you know, and with U of L and uh, Charlie Strong and things like it. Money people, does talk. People, money does talk. And if you come in and they offer them, you know, all this and Kentucky's not willing to match or, you know, at least put it up, you know, that's that's a whole conversation for another day. But, you know, mm-hmm. if they go, um, you know, if they have a two-loss season, you know, that's when the season's over, that's what's going to enter your mind. You're going to be like, well, you know, maybe someone's going to try to come in and throw money at them and he'll, he'll leave. But – you know, that's, I guess that's a good problem to have because they have to have a really good season for that to be able to happen. So, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I've just been – I'm glad that he's doing a really good job of turning this team around. So proud. And, so proud. like, seriously, I mean, you – I don't think you can ask – I mean, just for University of Kentucky and sports in general this year, fans are going to be so – no matter what sport, fans are going to be excited because their baseball team is going to be good. Yep. And, you know, just looking at the fall sports, basketball, we all know they're going to be preseason number one. They have a really good damn team this year. And they're going to be – that again, that's a topic for another day. But U.K. basketball, they're going to be really good. U.K. football is, you know, as we know, they're still undefeated. I mean, fans in general have a lot to be happy and, and excited me, for. And for let me just sports. say this, Okay. I'm your stepfather, and I better get invited to some of those baseball games because you know how much I love baseball. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Kentucky's just, you know, I, I – you know. And with their new stadium. Oh, the new stadium, yes. Uh, new stadium's open. With that up. website that I sent you where they show the updates mm-hmm. as it's going on, and um, it's something else. I'm really excited about For that it. baseball stadium, I mean, that the Quiff Hagen Stadium that was there before, that just had a really good student feel. For students to come and yeah. you know enjoy the game, and I hope that this this new stadium is brings that same atmosphere, especially for students. And I think that's another topic to talk about is that not just support from fans as a whole, but support from students to come yes. to the games because students are just as big a part of the fans as you know the fans are. I mean. Fans should, I mean, students should be the one most excited to be going to these games and cheering on the team and distracting the other team. And you can't expect a seventy-year-old man to paint his entire body blue and white. That's up to the students to do that. Absolutely, and they do it for basketball. And I, was, I, know, <laughs> I was happy because this year in football they're doing. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if they're doing it in basketball, but in football they are actually doing a, a competition. A winner. Uh, ESPN is doing, I think, of the top student sections in football. And right now, I know it's football. Yeah. And UK is on the list. Yeah. So that ma- that makes me really happy, just as a student at UK, that you know their UK students are really. The hand section is nice too. Yeah, and oh, U- really UK, like the, I can definitely attest that the the students are really going to these games. Yes. And you know they're having a blast and they're cheering on the team. And some of the onus is on, on the university too. Students. Some of the onus is on the university, too, to make tickets affordable for mm-hmm. students and things like that. So I think Kentucky really has stepped up there in that regards. You know, 
and, and they're even doing it for basketball. And you know about basketball and how hard it is to get any tickets close to the floor at all. And the fact that they're making it open for students, I, I think it's a big step in the right direction. Let me tell you, Kentucky sports, University of Kentucky sports, is really kind of taking a step to, um, you know, becoming a super, you know, a super sport university. In other words, you know, like FSU, you know, Florida State. Which U of L for that time being was absolutely. turning into that super. Absolutely. And then they just fall off the face of the yeah. earth in and, a matter of you time. You know, when you got so. Florida State, they're good in baseball, they're good in basketball. Well, not always, but, you know, they're decent, and they're, and they're good at football usually, too. The ACC is really down this year. But, you know, I, I definitely think it's something that's healthy for Kentucky. I don't think there's too much focus on sports. I mean, you know, the University of Kentucky, they got to focus on academics, too. And I think that was what the problem with U of L is, you know, with the scandals and everything, they kind of got caught up into the sports culture and doing everything that could be done to make their teams better, and they got their hand caught in, you know, the cookie jar, mm-hmm. and um, and I think Kentucky has a very well balanced approach there, and it's definitely going to pay off. They're just you know. good hearted. All the sports and all the coaches, they're just really good hearted people. I, I, agree. I, I especially like the baseball coach. He's a my my favorite is the uh, the women's basketball coach. Yep. I, I could listen to him talk all day. He's I, a really he's so whenever, every time he's on KSR, I always get excited to listen because he's a really he's such he's a, such a good guy. And yeah. Mark Stoops is a really good guy. You know John Kyle Perry, he's a fan, you know he's a really good dude yeah. too. So I mean, all around UK is just they're all good hearted. There's no scandals. Mark Stoops fun to listen to too. He I, is yeah. So so and uh, going back to football, UK moved up four spots in the new poll for this week. Moved from seventeen to thirteen, which I think before the season, if you could, if you told any, <laughs> if you told any UK fan, hey, by this, by by the time, by their fifth game of the season, UK is gonna be ranked thirteen, we would have laughed at you and told what you, what you smoking? Yeah, right. Like, you did you smoke a good, yeah. some good ganja before you said that? <laughs> but I mean, I don't think no one expected UK to be. 5-0, and 3-0 in the SEC, 13 in the nation. And, you know, the thing is, the, the irony of this jump that they've had, and it's a pretty good jump, it's four spots, um, that the teams that were ahead of them pretty much all won, except for, the, I think the exception was Stanford. Mm-hmm. And they, they lost and they dropped back. And, and Stanford really got handled by Notre Dame. So they but, really did. I mean, that's just me. That just proves that. It's the record, five and zero, oh, and uh, all the teams that they were. Notre Dame, fun. honestly, is a team that has kind of surprised me this year because um, I said a couple weeks ago on the podcast when we did legit or hoax that I didn't think Notre Dame was a legit team this year, but they've honestly the past two games that they played, and with this they put in a different quarterback. They. Yeah. They looked a lot better when they put them in, and you know, like I said, this Notre Dame team is just really surprising me. I tell you, so far, um, and I, I'm a little older than you, Tyler, obviously, but uh, you know, I, it harkens back to the uh, '80s when you know Notre, Notre Dame, Dame has a storied 
Right. You know, I mean, Notre Dame just in general, they get a lot of talk because of the prestige of yeah, the name yeah, Notre Dame. Yeah, but I mean, it really, they kind of remind me of the 80s Notre Dame's teams where, you know, they are beatable, but they're tough. Mm-hmm. And, and they can win some games. And, you know, they're certainly proving that they're a formidable opponent. And um, I, I, I'll be honest with you, you know, Notre Dame in the past and, and you know, has put up good numbers and then they just start getting whacked. They, they'll drop two games in a row or something That's like that. That's where Joe Montana went to college, isn't it? Yeah. He went yeah. To, Joe yeah. Montana is my favorite quarterback of all time. Yeah. If you look at the top four and the new, it's pretty much the same except Ohio State and Clemson, they switched spots, which that I think got, it, should have happened because Clemson, Clemson almost got beat by yeah, Syracuse. Yeah, if Clemson keeps playing which, the way they do, and they, let's say that they still remain undefeated, I could see which a scenario. At this, which looking at their schedule, I mean, depending yeah. on if Trevor Lawrence comes back from his injury, which is still undisclosed. They still haven't yeah. really said what it was. But, I mean... Looking at the rest of Clemson's schedule, there's real, there's no ranked teams. Yeah, and you got LSU that's right, you know, breathing down their neck, and you have Notre Dame, both both playing much better competition than Clemson. So oh, I, yeah. I, there could be a scenario where if this goes late into uh, the season, and you know they're seven zero, eight zero, and mm-hmm. so is Notre Dame. I could foresee that Notre Dame or even LSU. LSU's got a harder road to go, stay undefeated. They but, do. Uh, you know, I could definitely see them moving ahead of Clemson as well, where, you know, there might be a scenario where someone has one loss and they're still ahead of Clemson. So, I mean, that gets into the whole thing, but it, it's still early. Um, you There's know, still plenty of season left. And Clemson certainly proved that any team in the ACC could probably hang with them. Yep. And they I mean, Syracuse has gotten a lot better this year. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but, you know. Again, on Tuesday, Gavin and I will be going into the in-depth talk about that. But like you said, top four, Alabama, of course. Mm-hmm. I'm <laughs> just thinking about Alabama. They put up 49 points. Yeah, and and then they just kind of like, okay, we'll just we'll just bring in the people from the sideline and what is you know let's maybe put in grandma 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 you want to get in on <laughs> score a touchdown for us get a rushing yeah. touchdown for us. but uh. Yeah, I mean, jeez, I mean, I, I told you this. I don't think anyone can hang with Alabama this year, to be honest with you. From top to bottom, I haven't seen their offense this good in a long time. And so number two is Georgia, of course. And number three, Ohio State pull off a close victory against Penn State. And you have number four, of course, which is Clemson. You remember what I said? about Alabama. It's not going to come from the ACC this year. Nope. It's going to have to come from somewhere else. And Ohio State's one of them. And I know, don't even know if Ohio State can hang with them, I, to be honest. I, I, I don't their think quarterback, so their, their quarterback, is he's fantastic. He's a Heisman candidate. But how that Alabama defense, I just do not know. Yeah, and that, that's the thing. Ohio State can hang, um, hang and that, that. That's kind of the advantage of the SEC, too, is they all beat up on each other. They do. By the time they get to the playoffs or anything like that, you know, they they can certainly handle just about any situation. Yep. So that that's the big advantage. You know, you have Ohio State. They'll play a couple good teams, but they're not – Running a gauntlet. I mean, Penn State teams. was the best team that they that they played so far. Considering last year they played freaking Tulane. To. 
<laughs> Wait, Tolane. Yeah. Last, last week. Yeah, wow. I mean... <laughs> Tolane, I like that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I definitely think, you know... In, it's still early in the season, and well, a, lot I, of, a lot of stuff can I don't happen. think it's early enough to talk about possibly having two or three team SEC teams in the championship. Uh, it's very well. possible. You know, it's definitely, you know, we, we, me and you both talked about that. You know, where you have an LSU that maybe loses one game, you have a Georgia the LSU that maybe has loses a one game. Fairly decent chance of beating Georgia this year. Sure. Because it's at LSU, and LSU is, you know, they're, they're they've stepped team. up this year. Yeah. Yeah. And considering you know, a LSU team that last year they lost to, to Troy. Yeah. Yeah. Troy. <laughs> at LSU, they lost to Troy. When was the last time you heard of Troy? Maybe I, I in a history about, class? I always think about that. I was like, you know, I would like to check with Vegas and see if somebody came in with or like a, a $2 million dollar bet. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Uh, someone, I heard, uh, uh, again, Alabama when they played uh, when they played Louisiana, yeah. someone in Vegas bet $1,600, I yeah. think. To that Alabama is going to win, and they got like a dollar sixty. <laughs> I was, why would you? Jeez. Well, and then you got the points thing. You know, it was ridiculous. Like this weekend, you know, they had South. Well, it, it started out with Kentucky with a one and a half, and I think it went to South Carolina as a two. Yeah. And you know, it goes back and forth because it's based on how they bet on each team. So if more people are betting on South Carolina, they're going to actually get that point bump and and be. It has nothing to do with talent. It has nothing to do with the analysts of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, how good the team is or the likelihood of them beating. It just has to do with how people are betting. And uh, so there, it's not necessarily uh, a good indicator and that, that, you know, Kentucky was going to lose that game because Vegas thought they were. Mm-hmm. It, it's just how they bet. One last thing to say about this top 25, the new top 25 poll for this week. Hawaii got one vote. Oh, yes. What Which, a quarterback. That quarterback oh. is on freaking fire. That is crazy. And, you know, I, I said this on the – I wish – I said this on a podcast a couple of weeks ago. I wish the Heisman – the Heisman, the people would kind of loosen up their standards because he should definitely be in the Heisman talks. Because that's – the numbers, no matter who you're playing and what conference you're in, those numbers that he's putting up, that's just absolutely amazing. 2,100 yards. Already. And what, they played like five games so yes. far? Yeah. Yes. Average passing per game is 351.3 yards a game. That is Dan Marino territory. Mm-hmm. And now, granted, they're not playing the competition. See, again, they're not, they're not in the best conference, but those numbers – like I said, no matter who you're playing, that's just absolutely amazing. You want to hear his quarterback rating? What is it? 169.8. That's insane. I think yeah. the only quarterback that might have a higher number is uh, Tua, Tua Viola from, uh, from Alabama. And I think Alabama has a little bit better hands yeah. than Hawaii. Yeah. You know. And in fact, I mean, Hawaii, they're playing not just him, the quarterback, but they're, you know, they're – what five and one right now? Four yeah, and one. Yeah. So they're off to a real good start to the season. Yeah. So guys, that's the end of the post game show. And I just want to thank my stepdad, Tim, for joining me on this episode. My and, pleasure. And I had this idea because you know you get a lot of radio stations that do post game shows, but you never really see a, a podcast doing a post game show. And 
that's just, you know, that's something I want to keep doing for the future. And guys, again, thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. Uh, I, Gavin and I and, you know, Tim want this podcast to grow and we're really excited for where it can go. So again, thank you guys for joining us in the man cave.